Hey listeners, welcome along to Des Not Punk, Volume 8. My name's Ewan Grant. I'm Stuart Knight. And we're going to welcome our first very special guest to the podcast this evening, uh, Lee Hegarty of The Ruts, which is really exciting. I was just about to swear it was so exciting. In fact, it's so exciting, a little bit of wee needed came out there. But uh, before we get into that, before we talk to Lee... Um, uh, before we talk to Lee, I'd just like to say, if any of you want to follow this episode up online, on our Instagram, which is Debs Not Punk, um, and our Twitter, which is Debs Not Punk, and our email, which is Debs Not Punk at gmail.com, please follow up with some questions. If you've got any questions for Lee that we could send to him post-pod. Yeah, post-pod. Good, good expression there, Ewan. So, look, before we get into all of that, should we just go through the standard? No one, has anyone died? Because we normally start the well, podcast with a death. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, one of the greatest songwriters of all time for unfortunately passed away last week, Burt Bacharach. And uh, I know it's not punk, Stuart. It's right? not punk. It but, is pop, but it's not punk. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pop, it's soul. Yes. Yeah. I say a little prayer. I mean, yeah. one of the greatest songs written of all time. And I have to give a special mention to Burt Bacharach. Um, also, I noticed last week on social media, I think it was in Washington, the Washington State, there was a, an International Clash Day on February the 7th, which has become a, a yearly event, which is uh, where they take over a radio station in Washington and they broadcast it to the world and they just all they do is play the Clash. Do they start with Washington Bullets? I hope so. Yeah, they should. It'll be so. poetic. Um, and the two... Um, <laughs> Guess the artists of the last uh, Instagram posts. I'm afraid only one person was that your mum. Uh, unfortunately, my mum was dead. Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry. Um, yeah, my uh, yeah. So you, you sort of threw that one there, didn't you? But that's not punk. Yeah, there's not mum. So then, the first one, the blonde lady that I posted up, which nobody got was uh, an original member of the band The Go-Go's. Yeah. Her name was Belinda Carlyle. Yeah. And she certainly has, heaven was a place on earth. Yeah, she's, right? she's totally changed. But so, she was pretty punk back she then. She was pretty punk. So if you go back in and look at her Instagram account, you'll see the picture of Belinda Carlyle. And of course, the other one which came up in our last podcast was a certain unknown band from Scotland called the Soviet Tractors. I, th I think I know someone who was in that band and he's sitting opposite me and it isn't Lee. <laughs> and it isn't Lee, no. It's the one with the mullet and the... Uh, the Scottish the, accent. And the Scottish yeah. accent at the... Uh, yeah, one of our first gigs. And well done to Pete in, uh, again, in New Orleans, who got, yeah. that, who got that one right. Um, so yeah, that's the sort of housekeeping sort of stuff. Um, Lee, welcome to Des Not Punk. Hello, hello. It's great to be here. I was, I was very, very difficult not to join in there with some of those things. <laughs> you could you, listen. There's no rules in this. You, yeah, you yeah, feel yeah. free to jump in. It yeah. is essential, and it falls on me most of the time in these episodes to mention the damned on occasion, oh, which, okay. which I'm going to do now because I think when you joined the Ruts, you supported the damned in some of those sort of earlier shows you did with them. What was that in 2007? No. 
before we came on, Lee, Lee was just talking to me. He's just finished a tour I have. with a wingman, with a, or with, wingman, with a member of the dam. Um, so what should we do? Uh, going back, to, well, two thousand and seven was was how I was the time I first got involved with the band as a as a player as opposed to yeah. as a fan. Um, because that unfortunately was the year that Paul Fox, my uh, illustrious predecessor on uh, on, yeah. on the six string razor, uh, sadly developed lung cancer, and uh, Dave and Segs and him reunited with Henry Rollins uh, uh, from Black Flag and the Rollins Band, uh, massive Russ fan, on vocals to do a benefit concert for Paul, which was at the uh, Academy in Islington. And I see. I did my research on that. Well, you, ruined, you ruined one of our questions. Ah, well, well, here, well here, here's the answer to your question then, because I got involved at that point because I did one of the rehearsals for it because Paul was unwell right. and was getting worse sadly, and uh, he'd show I'd, I'd, he'd show me how to play some of the songs years ago when I was when I was a, a, a very enthusiastic uh, fan, uh, and I've been in touch with him since. He produced a, a single by my band, The Price, I had in the in the eighties, and I'd always been in touch with him as a friend locally. Um, and uh, so I, I actually went, uh, found myself uh, in a rehearsal room with uh, Dave uh, Seggs and the mighty Henry Rollins uh, on a Thursday afternoon in, in, uh, in July. And I know it was a Thursday afternoon because the, uh, called, Dave called me on the Wednesday nights about nine o'clock in the evening. Mm. And uh, with, the, with, the, with the immortal, what are you doing tomorrow yeah. question. And what I was doing tomorrow was working at the We Will Rock You Queen musical. In, at the Dominion Theatre, because mm. I was I was working there. Uh, helping, by ben that's right, yeah, uh, helping helping uh, to maintain the guitars there with my friend Stuart Monks, who was the the uh, what you'd now call the guitar tech there. Mm. So right. I did so I did that, and then got on the tram down to uh, yeah to, to Putney and uh, rehearsed with Dave Seggs and and, and uh, Mr Rollins, which was extraordinary. Uh, so that's how. Well, I was, was that just a one-off gig? Yeah, Paul did the show, right? Uh, and that was in July to, to two thousand and seven. He sadly left us in uh, October two thousand and seven, and the band then, uh, as Dave and Seggs both say, they thought that was the, the band was kind of finished at that point. They they put a lid on it, whatever you'd like to call it. They got a chance then to remix some of their old reggae stuff, some of the uh, rhythm collision material. And that then led to them being invited to record some new material, which became the album Rhythm Collision Volume 2, which they asked me to play on, which was right. great. From that, we were offered a couple of gigs, including a, the one I remember was a dub festival in France, and we put a, a band line up to do that. That festival got cancelled, and we were all like, oh no, now what do we do? And Segs at that time was playing bass in the Alabama 3, and they invited us to do some shows on their tour which would be late 2011. So the first right. shows I did with the band, the first reformed Ruts band, uh, Ruts DC shows were 2011. There was then a hiatus for a few months where we tried to work out what to do, and mm. if there was anything to do at all. We played the Rebellion Festival in 2012, and that all kind of got going again. Right. That was a but pretty good lineup that year, wasn't it? Because yeah. Hill, yeah. Ron and Ramsey, Ron yeah, the Bell. Yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah. a great thing and, and we, we did an hour show uh, to and uh, early on uh, Dave and Segs didn't think people really wanted to hear Rupp's materials they yeah. wanted to hear reggae stuff so we did quite a lot of reggae and then played in a Rupp and Babylon's Burn at the end of the place when crackers you know it's yeah. like, kind of cool uh, and, and it kind of grew from there the shows the tour with the band um, I think was 2013 we, we did um, right. uh, we were around the country with them right. which was uh, 
Brilliant, and uh, I wish we played with them some more, really, because the Ruts and the Damned are always uh, associated yeah. quite closely. Um, it's a shame we haven't done anything since. And there's been talk of us doing some touring with them since. But you did the yeah. Stranglers tour last year, though, didn't you? Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah we, I we went to quite a few of those dates. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Brixton was brilliant. It was Brixton. two nights at Brixton. Two nights at Brixton, yeah. yeah. It was about 20-odd shows. Yeah. It, it got elongated because Baz lost his voice at one point and had, we had to cancel some sh- uh, postpone some shows. They, yeah. they kind of were put on the end. So, yes, who, so who is the singer? In the ruts at the moment. Sex, sex, sex is, so, so sex is on bass and uh, lead vocals. So it's just a three piece. Yeah, yes. right. Okay. It works really well though. Oh, good. Well, good. Such yeah. great players. I mean, I'm not just mm. you know, I'm not oh, just saying you. that because you're here. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. Yeah, I just. I'm sure. I'm sure. This is the question I'm going to ask you. Oh, sex and Dave. Yep. Are also producers. Yeah, they've worked with all sorts of people. I'm yeah. sure. Back in the day, 20 years ago, so we're talking late 90s, early 2000s, okay. they were producing dance music. Yeah, very much so, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I've met them. Oh, cool. Because at the time I was running Ministry of Sound, and obviously, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, cross, like... Uh, cross paths or whatever it was. We, cr- we definitely we had a meeting. It was one of those classic things. You know, I remember when we were at Ministry, mm. sure, if you get the chance of meeting somebody that was interesting, you'd take the meeting, yeah, right? Yeah. And I definitely met the two of them. Oh, cool. And in the same year, I met Van der Holyfield, who was setting up a hip hop label. Who was yeah. looking for distribution in the UK. And I thought, got to do this meeting. Brilliant. You know, yeah. it's one of those meetings you just can't turn down. We never did the deal with him, Van der. No, but yeah, so they were definitely producing dance music. Absolutely. At the time. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. After the Ruts, uh, you know the story. Of the Ruts, I'm sure. Sadly, Malcolm the singer died yeah, in yeah. 1980. Yeah. He carried on as Ruts DC for about three years. When the band finished, they went off and did different things. Dave joined Aztec Camera at that point. Yeah, right. And then went on to play with the Waterboys, Sinead O'Connor, um, Kirsty McColl. The Waterboys came coming up in our podcast. I know, they don't know put you um, on. Yeah. Uh, but as you say, him, he and Segs uh, produced a lot of dance music. Segs played with Wolfgang Press, played in a band in France, which I'm desperately trying to remember the name of. Vendetta Parade. I was going right. to say Vendetta Palace, but I think it's Vendetta Parade. You'll tell me off now. Um, and and as I say, he was then playing in the Alabama Three for many years as well. Really? Stuff. So that's well, why. Did maybe he play? Maybe from the Alabama Three. He was like, he was well, like Alabama French Three played on the gig, the Shepherd's Bush Empire gig, which was filmed by Rollins. What was it called? The gig? Or oh, was it, yeah, it was called something like the gig. Yeah, yeah. yeah they and that, that was a, for Cancer McMillan. That's right. Yeah, that was when they showed the film of the the yeah. Paul Fox gig. Yeah, I couldn't make that. Night. I remember I was I was playing in a, a at that point I was playing in a Blues Brothers theatre show. Yeah. Right, so I was away playing a Blues Brothers theatre show that night, which is which which was most annoying. So I'd love to have loved to have. Been well, that, that, that's actually interesting, and I want to take it a step back before we take a step forward. You mentioned the band The Price. Oh yeah. You know, so we're early days. What got you into playing guitar? And uh, I, you know, the guitar style of the Ruts to me, which I'm going to mention somebody's name here, which I think suits your style. I'm ready. Is Wilco Johnson. Ah, yes. Right, and uh, the style of the the Ruts guitar playing is very that jagged, jagged guitar playing. But what were the bands like that you were in before the Ruts? Um, well, just to take that point briefly, Wilco was a great, great hero of mine, and and Paul also was a great hero. Uh, Paul Fox. And yeah. But Paul was very much a rock guitar player in the sense that, you know, as he said to me, his favourite, the best gig he ever saw was Led Zeppelin at the Marquee. Right. Uh, he saw Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, he was a little bit old enough to have seen that. Uh, Stan Webb from Chicken Shack, blues guitar player, was one of his favourite players. So he came from a slightly different direction, but in 
what you might call adopting the punk style. Yeah. He, he came up with an extraordinary and very distinctive way. If of you were a player in punk, yeah, you stood out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and because it wasn't just three chords and yeah, you know, one, two, of, three, four. Here uh, we this go. is one of the great urban myths. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. If, you, if you if you try to play, pick any song on the Pistols first album, the Damn first album, the Clash albums. They're not simple songs. No, no. This is, a, as I say, something of an urban myth. And it's important to remember, I think, that the very early bands were unique to each other in that they, 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 they were all, they all, there was no punk bands to be influenced by over here, so they all mm. developed separately. Um, but know, we so did talk so. in earlier episodes, sorry to interrupt no. you, about the origins of punk and how, you know, in the US you had the sort of CB's sort of garage rock, yeah, you know, out of the MC5 yeah. and New York yeah, Dolls and Velvet Underground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas over here we had a lot of influence from the kind of pub rock scene. Doctor Fieldos, which going back to yeah. your point. So one of one of course, people yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. They, were yeah. all, they were all crucial, I think, to the development. So that there. that although there wasn't there was a year zero, so to speak, end of seventy five, seventy six. Yeah. I'm putting it out there. Yeah, I think there was a lot of influence that came through from those. I mean, the Stranglers famously talked about the fact talk about the fact that they're a sort of punk rock, uh, mm. pub rock sort of influence band and. You know, so do you think that's where a lot of that sound was honed and kind of evolved out of that, didn't it? That yeah, I would definitely say that. I think the feel goods were a massive influence on a lot of people, mm. possibly almost subliminally in the way that mm. you know the way they, they they were kind of really still still an underground band. Yeah, you know, yeah. They? But they were turning up on you know television. I mean, Lee Brillo was never going to be John Lydon. No, you know, and. Uh, but Wilco could definitely fit oh, absolutely. in yeah, any, many a punk band. I know? Know, sadly, I didn't see the field goods with Wilco on guitar. I just missed them. Right. Uh, the, I remember them playing at Hammersmith Odeon. I couldn't. I was at school at the time. I didn't know anybody that wanted to go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I only saw Wilco as a solo artist. I saw the field goods with Jippy Mayo on guitar. He was right. equally a magnificent musician. Um, but as you say, it's interesting to take that point that, that, that Using the guitar as an example, but you can choose any instrument really. The the, the, the main punk bands, let's call them, mm. all had great players. Steve mm. Jones is a great yeah, guitarist. Yeah. Brian James is terrific, sensible of course. Yeah, yeah. Camp's absolutely superb. Um, Mick Jones, yeah, yeah, I mean, all all great stuff, and definitely can be traced a little bit to the pub rock thing, certainly with the feel goods. But but yeah, I mean, I mean, from my point of view, I I. Uh, as a small, I was born in 1961. So right. Okay. So you're a young man. 61. Yeah. Now. Temporarily, I'm 61, hoping to be 62. Yeah. Um, and so the first music I remember was 60s pop music. But right. I'm, I'm, uh, family all from Merseyside, so the Beatles were kind of omnipresent. And as a very small kid, my mum always said I like, you know, used to look at pictures of them and ask why, ask why Paul McCartney's guitar was pointing the wrong way. Yeah. So I was obviously quite interested in guitars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I didn't start playing until I was kind of. Um, one of one of my cousins up in Birkenhead had a guitar, which right. was this magical device that he yeah. brought into the room and sort of played a couple of chords. And he played what I later found out was "Blowing Blowing Free" by Wishbone Ash. But it sounded like something from outer space when he played yeah. it. You know, I remember trying to play that, and I eventually got a guitar for Christmas and discovered to my absolute horror that you didn't just pick it up and play it. It just doesn't. It didn't no, happen like it was that, just no. disastrous. So my my career faltered hours later, yeah. but eventually I kind of got got to grips with it from, from, I don't know, really just, I just kept thinking I'm, I'm going to have a go. And were you still in Liverpool at this point? No, in West London. Right, you, so um, you moved. Yeah, um, so it was just an acoustic guitar and then, and then funnily enough, I remember the, a, certainly one of the watershed moments, I used to watch Stop the Pops a lot and things like that. I remember seeing a lot of the glam bands like Slade and T-Rex, The Faces, 
just fantastic. Sweet, sweet but brilliant. Yeah. yeah, they were local to, to us in West London. Right. Um, were you about in West London, or you? Sort of Uxbridge around that area. Oh, right, okay. So, so, so we used to see, used to see Brian Connolly, he used to come to the pub around the corner from us when we were kids. Mm. It's Pink Rolls Royce used to show up. It was like um, in Thunderbirds. Lady Penelope. Lady Penelope. Yeah. B- BC1, they used to have a, um, a chauffeur. Show you know that Brian Connolly's brother is Marvin McManus, who was Tiger. That's, that's uh, really yeah. That's a bit of a. But he used to, he used to go to this pub. It was quite a rough pub actually. And he used to he used to, I remember he used to be. I used to think he, he was dressed exactly like Brian Connolly when he would get out of this in this quite yeah. rough area where we lived. And he go, all right, lads. He sort, of, sort of spoke a bit like that. And we go, oh, hello, hello, yeah. <laughs> and years later, he, 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 through a twist of fate, he used to come to price rehearsals. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> really? He liked the price, yeah. Uh, the manager at the time was Eddie Richards, who was a, he used to be in a couple of bands in the 70s. He was in the Edison Lighthouse for a while, and right. Rose Class and all these sorts of bands. And he knew the suite locally, and, and Connolly turned up at a rehearsal a couple of times, which was really, really weird. So what were the price like? What were the price like? They were magnificent. Right, they were one of the best bands from West um, London ever. Well, we, 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 we slipped through the net, really. We, we, were, we weren't a punk band, we were a kind of poppy very much at the pop end of punk, I suppose. Right. Um, we, we had two singles and an album out, a mini album as we used to do in them days in the 80s. Uh, we, do we, you have a label? Uh, we were on Released Emotions for a while, who put out UK subs, Let Let's right. Day, a few bands like that. I'm still in touch with Vince, who's great actually. And we just, funnily enough, um, we just put a, a, a CD out, No Justice, on Caduce Music, which I finally managed to collect together all the bits that came out and mm. some of the demos and that. So that came out last year. Quite a lot of stuff coming out through Cadiz. Cadiz are good, yeah. Yeah, I met the guy at that party you were at. Well, Richard, yes. Richard, yeah, Richard man, from Cadiz yeah. was there. Um, so the price, but like I say, Paul produced one of our singles uh, called So What About Love. Right. Um, and that was great working in the studio with him. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Although, although he won't mind me saying this, he got managed to get so out that he fell asleep at one point. But, <laughs> but that, that kind of endeared us to him even more. But, uh, so that was, that was sort of mid-80s? or That would have been 88. 87, right. We played with people like Mega City Four, Carter. Oh, yeah. oh, right. uh, yeah. We memorably supported Transvision Vamp, which was which was a, a great James. fabulous night. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, um, I went to see Transvision Vamp a year ago in Bristol. Yeah. Uh, I took my kids and I said, "This was one of the finest bands growing up." They Wendy, were great. Wendy James, they were really good. The guitar sound was amazing and Monstrous all that. Guitar. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, they were great. We played with them just. Um, I Want Your Love had just got in the charts yeah, yeah. and they, it was Brewer University in Uxbridge. And they, they looked they, great at that point. They, were brilliant. they, they looked like a rock and roll band. Mm-hmm. And, and of course the, the gig had been booked months earlier and, they, yeah. and they, they, they were too successful to do it in a way but they honoured the show which was great and, great. and we, got, we, we were like the local support and uh, yeah that was, that was true. Yeah Mega City 4. Mega City 4, 4 one of my Fabulous. Census Things. Yeah, census them. Things. Unfortunately we've lost both whiz yeah, from Mega City Four and Mark yeah. Eds from Sense yeah. Things. So yeah. Very sad. Very sad. But that that was a good interesting time for what I would say is almost like the second generation of punk. Yeah. Not post punk. But you know You're talking sort of early nineties. No, I'm talking late eighties. I'm talking mid eighties. Yeah, because Mega City Four were almost like the UK's answer to Oscar do. Yeah, they had that so feel about them. It was you? very, you know, it had Pixies that real in there somewhere, that American kind of thing, melodic, yeah. you know, sort of... Uh, That's a, it's very important to put the word melodic in. I, I mean, you know, a lot of punk was very melodic anyway, but, but the Megas were really... They were. Like, they were like... Uh, I mean, it was remind, Wizzy's voice always reminded me of um, uh, Glenn Tilbrook. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. That kind of squeeze thing. And also that way it kind of floated over the music with a, with a kind of big guitar sound. 
I mean, I doubt that Noel Gallagher heard it, but I always think that five years later, Oasis had that thing again with that kind of wall of guitar with a voice on top of it, and, it, and it's not it's a really good point. miles away. It's from a really that. good point. Yeah, um, I mean, from most I mean, part. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I, I doubt that Noel was directly influenced by that, but but I always think that that sound, as I said, that kind of melodic wall of sound. Yeah, you almost, don't know. You, you know. don't know who he's listening no. to to come up with. You know what he comes up no, with. No, absolutely. And he's great anyway. But you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Oasis were terrific. But you know, but. But, but I mean, they, that and, kind of and that and the way came with that punk rock attitude as mm. well, which you know, they were the Sex Beatles. Yeah. Well, they were. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I think that yeah, they, they had the attitude. They had the attitude. Yeah, but they, but quite they had the songs to back yeah, it up. Yeah, the sure. sound, the sound. Yeah, they, they, they've they've worn those influences on their sleeves. I mean, you know, oh, Noel went to see the Pistols at Shepherd's Bush, and yeah, yeah. Alan McGee took out the ad in the Enemy. From and Malcolm McLaren. They've, they've yeah, always yeah. referenced them, and they were clearly I mean, the Beatles. I, I, I was I was actually at that show. I remember, oh, it was remember a great show. Gallagher yeah, was up in the yeah. In, in the, uh, uh, circle. I've talked about this before. My mate bought me tickets for that for my birthday because it was on my birthday oh, cool. in July. Seventeenth. Uh, my birthday was on the twelfth. So it was a few. Oh, no, you were seventeen. I was seventeen. No, yeah, That's thank 17. you. Yeah. No, no I just, you could come again. But and I remember walking back to his flat in Shepherd's Bush with no shoes and no. I just had trousers on. We're <laughs> at the front. It was mental. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. One of the best gigs I've ever been. One of the best gigs I will ever go to. Yeah. It was, and because it, it, it predated, didn't it, the the Finsbury Park. Um, outdoor gigs. It was around that time. I think yeah. that might have been before. The Finsbury Park. One of the things about the Finsbury Park gigs, and I've been to so many shows there, the sound is never good. No, it's, it's blind. The pistols. Because the all the residents. Yeah, I mean, the film. No, the residents have to. It has to be toned down to a certain level. They're, they're, they're not really, loud enough. They're really, well, I think you're right. I think it was before. I think it was in June. No, the the Finsbury Park, yeah. and then they did the Shepherd's Bush afterwards. I think you're right. Because right. I think the Shepherd's Bush show, they were supposed to be playing, I think they were supposed to be playing in Belfast. And, and yeah. in time on the tradition, they got banned. Yeah, of course. And the right. gig got, yeah. the gig got yeah. slotted in very quickly. And it was a great gig. And, uh, and but, I mean, you say about the sound, it, and then obviously they released a live album, um, Filthy yeah. Luca, off yeah. the back of that uh, Finsbury Park gig. But, I mean, they take that off the desk, don't they? Yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah, that doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter how loud or yeah. quiet it is. They sounded great. When, you, did, joined, when yeah. you joined the Rucks, yeah. there um, obviously is a lot of influences which they wear on their sleeve as a band. And we mentioned, we, we touched on um, reggae and dub. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you prefer the punkier side or the reggae and dub? Um, Originally, I'd have to say I liked the, 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 let's call it the rockier side of the band. Right. But I was drawn into the reggae sound as well. Um, the, the, this, is, this is an interesting point, because like I, said, I, was, I would have been at school then, and uh, when I first heard a lot of this music, and we, uh, anyone who says they'd heard reggae is, is misremembering mm. it. I certainly hadn't. The only reggae I'd heard would, would, was, would have been Bob Marley. Well, well no more. Late, it huh? would have been as Joe Strummer brilliantly sang, UK pop reggae. It would yeah. have been Ken Booth yeah. and uh, Dandy Livingston and people Maybe like that. The, the, yeah, the chart acts. Yeah, yeah. And Bob Marley hadn't really troubled the charts at that point. I'm talking about yeah. 75, 75. 76. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing Suzanne Beware of the Devil and, and Everything I Own by Ken Booth and those those sorts of records. Mm. How do they come? I think I kind of remember hearing, but maybe again I might have transplanted. It was that more dancehall anyway, wasn't yeah. it? And so I didn't. I, I mean, I, 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 when I first heard, the, let's loosely call it punk, because you know I would sort of include the hot rods in that, for yeah, example, yeah. who yeah. I adored, um, and still do. Those early hot rods records. I, I, to me, they were just, just out and out rock and roll. I just thought, well, that's you know, 
how I how, they were like the feel good's only faster, so mm. therefore better in my in my warped mind. And um, had so pop sensibility. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Do anything you want to do. I mean, yeah. What a catchy song, yeah. you know. So, more so, so than you know. So I heard. Re- feel good. I suppose mm. I heard reggae first by going back from hearing say White Man in Hammersmith Palais. Yeah. And and records like that. I suppose you did if you were if you weren't of the first generation at the Roxy with yeah, Don absolutely. Letts. I mean, I remember seeing a picture of John Lydon as Johnny Rotten in the Pistols and he had a steel pulse badge on his jacket. Yeah, yeah. And of course, because I was soaking up every influence, I went and checked that out. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and it brought me into that. I mean, we talked in the last episode about the kind of collision between Scar and Two-Tone in the sort of 79 period. Absolutely, which yeah. Which introduced the youth cultures into a sort of similar area. I mean, I remember being into a lot of those two-tone bands at the same time yeah, I was into the punk bands. And, and funnily enough, I was about to mention that when, yeah. when that uh, emerged. Again, that, that certainly myself and my friends went back from that. Mm. And then inevitably from that, you bump into more reggae. And also, I, I mean, I, you know. I mean, to me, I'm going to be honest, it was a clash that introduced me, not through White Man and Hammersmith Valley. Do Mikey Dread on the London calling oh, tour, right, yeah. you know, and seeing Mikey Dread and going, I've got to get this album, Dread It Controls, oh, yeah. was, was, Absolutely, yeah. was I mean, that absolutely. album at the time, yeah. and that was very much 79, and then the Ruts thing was happening. Staring at the Root Boys. Staring at the Root Boys. Yeah. We're lucky yeah. on the other side. Yeah, that's, that's oh, a classic. great record. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely, I mean, my first, I mean, I'll go back a little bit from that, say late 78, I first saw the clash, sort of like Lyceum with the slits. The, which is the 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 stuff that's on in Rude Boy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, what's it? It's uh, uh, I fought the law. Yeah. That's I saw. I, I was at one of those shows. And, I was at the and, same tour because yeah, in Rude Boy, those Glasgow Paul. Very sort of oh. you, that was, Do you get the Glasgow? Yeah. Oh, wow. the ones where they're all kicking very lively. The, the the stewards are kicking them down the stairs in Rude Boy. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know somebody was one of the uh, one of the bouncers there. Right. Night. And and he always says it was uh, what was it he said. They filmed what they wanted to film. They said they asked us to do a few things for the film. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. Yeah, well, well, it was fairly, fairly, it was pretty leery, wasn't it? But, funnily uh, enough, there's a lot of uh, poetic license goes on in film yeah, and, yeah. you know, yeah. in the world we live in. Yeah. I, and, I was yeah, actually talking to somebody today about a year ago, I went to, the, there was a Bob Marley exhibition on at the Sachi and Sachi Gallery mm. in oh, Kings Road. Oh, nice. And um, she said to me, do you know what? We don't know who they made that exhibition up because there wasn't that much merchandise around Marley at the time. I don't remember. And I, and I walked no. in and I said, I said to her, I said, you know, there was like set lists and uh, of different shows. Yeah, somebody's written it. Really? That's yeah. an interesting. Uh, you've, just, o- you've opened an interesting door there. Yeah, you? yeah. No, I just <laughs> I, it was really interesting talking about it today, and I was like, well, somebody's right. Okay. And then Live Nation have charged me £25 to go to this Bob Marley exhibition. It's not real. Yeah. Not real. Yeah. So, so punk and reggae, the yeah. big thing. And sure. uh, obviously, Stealing at the Root Boys was written about Stealing at mm. the Two-Tone Guys. Well, yeah, it was actually an incident at the Nashville rooms that was that really inspired that. But yeah, that, that's, all, that's all part of that, yeah. Was that a... Uh, contentious thing, or yeah, uh, the, what, the the incident. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much as it's described in there. But I think it also brought in some other ideas as well. Right. Uh, but yeah, I believe that was the Nashville runs. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the true stories. All the songs were true stories. Mm. It's the strange thing about yeah. when you when you when you're standing there playing them. Sometimes mm. you know, you don't really want to 
you wouldn't really want to meet the subject of your juster, would you? But uh, yeah. Mal clearly did. Yeah. Or or backbiter or whatever. Might be the same person. Who knows? Well, they're, they're all very pointed and quite personal. When when I, when I first met you, um, the uh, I retold you the story of when I was doing a fanzine in '79, yeah, and uh, well. yeah. uh, me and my mate were doing a fanzine, and uh, we wrote to John Peel because John Peel had said, in a rut which was on People Unite Records. Uh, if you can't get it at your local record shop, send me a letter and I'll pass it on to the band. Yeah. A week later, in a rut, in a seven-inch single with... Which eight. is quite amazing for the Royal Mail. Because mm. you couldn't do that. It's better than yeah, that. <laughs> the Royal Mail was the Royal Mail. Yeah, yeah, that's what I say. It's yeah, simple no, times. Three months later, you'd be writing to the Royal Mail saying, where's my... Thing, well, where is the CEO yeah. is probably having 450 million doesn't yeah, care exactly, where yeah. your rot single is. Yeah. Yeah, life is John Peel was in privatisation, yeah. wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. John Peel was uh, very much um, such, such a nice guy to do those sort of things for bands at the time and we don't really have that in no, society. He was, he was pivotal with so many things, wasn't he? And yeah. I'd probably like yourself, I used to uh, make cassette recordings from, mm. from his shows and oh, yeah. like that. Absolutely, you know, I wouldn't have heard a lot of music. Well, we none of us would. Pivotal, absolutely pivotal. And it didn't matter whether he liked it or not. As, he, as I remember him saying, it was it was point. His point almost was was as a review show. So he would play yeah, yeah. sometimes stuff that he hadn't heard himself, and he played it. I remember know, him playing Gabba, like real high BPM. Oh yeah, nosebleed. That was he, his son was really into that. Tom Ravenscroft, yeah. Yeah. yeah, was really into that hardcore dance yeah. scene. <coughs> was a, I remember that kind of crossover thing where one minute he seemed to be playing, you know, Gong or Jimi Hendrix yeah, or whatever yeah. it might have been, and then suddenly it was the Ramones, and suddenly they, they it all kind of another track on the fall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we did. Uh, I think it was the third episode in. If you if any of you want to look back on the episodes, we did a whole thing about the Festive Fifty, which was a big thing. Yeah, which again radically changed. Which, yeah. which was voted for by the public. I think we looked at it in 1978. And yeah, there was a lot of prog in. Well, not a lot, but I think there was a Dire Straits songs of. Yeah, yeah, and there was uh, some prog tracks in there wasn't there and clearly the because people voted for it didn't they yeah, yeah oh totally yeah and it's important to I think now to, to it's easy to, 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 to think that, that punk was this kind of enormous snow plow or whatever mm. you want to call it that just pushed everything into oblivion but of course it didn't and a lot of acts were completely untouched by it mm. they just carried on being incredibly successful didn't they and just you know wouldn't, wouldn't have been even slightly uh, affected by it I suppose it did have I mean when you talk about the seismic change that punk delivered on music I mean, one of the things we talked about was relatively small amount of bands had careers for a relatively small amount of time mm. if you think about 76 77 78 was being the pinnacle and um, we've talked again in previous episodes about the fact that a series of albums came out that stood the test of time, of which there aren't that many, if you think about it now. There are a number of records that if you put on today, you'd go, okay, that's, yeah, you know, yeah, the, sure. the, the bollocks being one, yeah, sure, you sure, know, yeah. uh, we had a conversation about which Clash album would fall into that category. Tricky one because obviously they made a lot of great records. But yeah, that's, that's hard. You know, and well, then, I actually got picked up on, I think it was on, Twitter or social media. I'm a massive Clash fan. Clash for other reason I'm here. All sensible people are. Yeah, mm. of course they are, right? And uh, you know, I, my company's called Death of Glory Music for a reason. Everybody thinks it's a metal company. It's, it's interesting not. how he got a plug in for his company. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was uh, somebody. Uh, somebody 
went on social media or you know through the email and said they spat their coffee out when they were in a co- listening to the podcast when I said my favourite album in 1979 was Setting Suns with a Jam. And not London Calling. And not London Calling. Because, yeah. but then, I need to buy a this, this, is, this is for you, Ian Johnson. London Calling was the greatest album of the 80s. Jeez. So 10 years being in the greatest album is better than one year as the Jam. So mm. I'd, like, I'd just like to get that one in. On that, I'm keeping well out of that. Yeah, yeah, it's controversial, yeah, isn't it? Honestly, I have we, we we talk about favourite albums all the time. You're a musician. One band, past or present, that you would have loved to have been in. Oh, there's a question. I'd love to have been in. Uh, sort of realistically, have been in. Yeah, realistically. As opposed to, you know, no, no, the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to have been yes. in the Beatles. For right. who? In the quite royalties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, God, I'm trying not to say the rot, because that would probably be it. Yeah. Yeah, when I was, when I was, that was your biggest. 17, I remember you know, just thinking this is the. You know, it's the, an interesting the, question, though, because if somebody said to you, you know, would you rather be in the UK subs or the vibrators? It would be a, you know. The Ruts had something different. The Ruts definitely. Um, the, the Clash, I'd love to. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. The Clash would have been, yeah, because. But it, not the cut the crap. Well. If you got that opportunity, I don't, say, you I don't think it. I would have turned it down. Like, right, okay. No, and it's funny, I mean, I mean me, me and Segs talk about this, I was talking about this not so long ago, and we said, like, you know, we're all still trying to look like Paul Simonon, and we actually are, of course, you know, it's like. Yeah. Or indeed, you know, everybody Joe was, or Mick or everybody's whatever. still trying to look like Paul Yeah, and, and, you know, none of us, none of us really succeed. And, yeah. and so, I mean, you know, again, I remember just seeing pictures of them and thinking they'd look like they landed from a, you know, a, a remarkable, cool planet somewhere, yeah. you know. But then again, I remember looking at the first picture. First picture I saw the Pistols, and then who, who looked relatively normal apart from Rotten. Well, Rotten was was beamed, was beamed in from somewhere, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that um, you know that part of what attracted us to those bands was the fashion. We've talked about this before. When you look at a picture of the Clash, even that first album picture in the staircase yeah. in Camden. Fuck me up. Oh, sorry. I want to be part of that gang. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, you look that's, at that and you go, you want to be part of that gang. You know, I walked by a massive billboard today for a new band called Inhaler. Oh, it's Bono's. And it's Bono's mm-hmm. son's band. I don't want to be part of your gang. And I don't know any kids that want to be part of your gang. You look like... Careful. You look rubbish. Yeah. And your songs are probably not that good either. But... I think he still hasn't found... What he's looking what for. What he's looking for. Yeah. Oh, well. He needs a bit of an edge. Terrible. Right. Anyway, on that <laughs> point. Getting a bit frightened. <laughs> yeah. On that. On that point. There's gonna, a point. I was going to try and bring it up to new new bands. Is there any new artists at the moment that you've seen in the last oh. couple of years that have really, you know, sort of you went wow? Because I've just I'm using Inhaler as an example of is this it? Um, that's an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, I'd love to to, 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 to list, I'd love to list some bands out, but it, it's I think I'm somebody who's who probably you know caught in some strange vortex that finished in about the time warp. Yeah. No, I don't. Um, I don't well, mean... I saw, saw wait, I saw Bob Villain at uh, yeah. Rebellion. Me, great year, shout. And, yes, and he was he was uh, everything I, I kind of figured it was yeah. going to be really. Uh, my only disappointment was it was so hard to understand what he was saying because he was saying so much. 
Right. I think if I had known a bit more about him, that would have been that would have would have helped. But I definitely definitely would. I really must get around to this. They play so late. Was yeah, it, it was a it was a, a shoe in or whatever you call it, right. wasn't it? I think somebody did somebody blow out. I can't remember what happened. Was that was last reason. year? Yeah, he was supposed to be on another stage, yeah. and they realised he was a bit too popular to be on a smaller stage. So they put him on the big stage, but they put him on at midnight. Yeah, I think it was because yeah, it was. It was a Saturday night. Yeah, and I know the skids had the skids were on at one point, and they were on the next day on the uh, the beach they were on stage yeah. because yeah. someone had dropped out, and it was, yeah. there was there was all, it was a bad religion. Yeah, yeah, there was a bit of shenanigans. That's yeah. why he was on at such a. Uh, yeah. an, an ambitious time. Did you have a good time at Rebellion? Oh, I have a very good time. Yeah, at it's good, isn't it? It's, it yeah, really we really enjoy it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a great. They, they they do a great thing there. The, the community feel of it, and, mm. and uh, I mean, they stuck their neck out for years to get mm. that together, and, and it now is a is a, a highlight of a lot of people's years, including mine. I, I, yeah. enjoy, I always enjoy going there. Yeah, great, pleased, great people who are there for all yeah. the right reasons. I'm pleased, and, I'm uh, pleased to say, Rusty, so you will be playing there. You heard it here first. Oh, you probably didn't because it's probably on the website. Yeah. Yeah, I think the damned are doing it, aren't they? Yeah. they just are gotta indeed, get a yeah. little just yeah. hang on, where where are we in the podcast here? We are thirty-six minutes in and I'm mentioning the damned are playing at Rebellion. Actually the damned have got a new album out as well, haven't they? Darker Delica. So which And I'm in a group I'm in a group with one of the damned. Yeah, accidentally, yes. The wingmen. Yes. And who else is in that band? So wingmen it's um Paul Gray, right. uh, yeah. and Hot Rods, of course. Yeah. Um, Baz Warren from the Stranglers, okay. and Marty Love, who drums with Johnny Moped among others, and your, hum- and your humble narrator. Yeah. And we got together accidentally in lockdown when Paul had some songs. He contacted Martin, and Martin said, like, you know, well, let's put a, put a group together and record mm. some stuff remotely because we mm. couldn't play anywhere. And amazingly, I was so flattered that my name came up as a guitar. Brilliant. Martin got in touch. I remember him saying to me on the phone, so if you could get a singer, who would you get? And without thinking, I just said, oh, Baz from Stranglers, he's, yeah. he's the governor. He said, right, phone him up. I said, come So come the, the, band was, the, band yeah. formed, the band yeah. was formed during lockdown? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I eventually plucked up courage and sent Baz a text message, which took me about three hours to write. Mm. And he got back. I, I described it in, in Viva Rock because he got back in fluent Baz in this message, which he picked me up on. But what I meant was he was just so enthusiastic, which he is mm. as a person, if you meet him. And... I always assumed that they'd all met. I thought the Strangers and the Dam must have met at a mm. festival somewhere. They'd yeah. never met before. So we did the thing that we did in those far off days, which was get a Zoom thing. Yeah, right. And we all got on really well just talking. Paul sent some songs over. Baz said, well, I've got a song, you know, I'll send a song in. And we mm. all started chipping ideas in. Recorded our parts remotely. So I recorded guitar, sitting on the end of my bed, plugged into an iPad, which is Amazing. extraordinary. Yeah. And then Martin put the drums on last mm. in a studio, so totally the wrong way around to record. Right. And we put a, put an album together. Uh, we've got uh, which is which will be out. Funny enough, on Cadiz Music. Right. So When's that come out? Well, there are, uh, we had it for we we've just done nine shows, a short British tour, mm. English tour. I told off for saying British because we couldn't get any. De- we tried to get a Welsh show. We tried to get a Scotch show, but we just couldn't get any. It's agent, obviously. We, we, you know, I couldn't possibly comment, but, <laughs> yeah. but we, we uh, no. I mean, it was just it, it was. We definitely get down well. It was put together. Well, to give you an idea of how how quickly it was put together, we we I was I think. I was actually in Germany with, with, with Ruts DC, which would have made it October, November last year when the message came through, mm. are you free the last week of January? We could get some gigs. Right. So it was literally, you know, it was a it was a ripple on the pond and mm. suddenly we had people saying, Yeah, we can get you some shows, but obviously it was put together just with what we could what we could get at the time. Mm. 
Uh, we hadn't played together until we had our first rehearsal on the Sunday afternoon. We got together and the first gig was on the Wednesday. So we pushed it fine to actually learn the songs. I'm going to say it was great. It was, we, had a, we had a terrific time. There were great shows. And on a personal note, Dave and Seggs both came to the last show in Brighton, which was brilliant. And people yeah. were saying to me, you know, they must hate you doing this. Yeah. No, they came to the show. And they oh, yeah, it, which was, which was brilliant. So is there any more bizarre. plans for any more shows? Uh, yes, we'd like to do uh, some shows be before the end of this year. Yeah. The problem is fitting them in. There's a chance, yeah. possibly at the start of December, if we can do it. it. Sounds like everyone's busy. Cause yeah, because we, Paul, we touched on yeah. this just yeah. before we. Paul's about to do a lot of the band. Yeah. Uh, Stranglers are doing quite a lot of festival yeah. work uh, this year. And uh, we're hoping to do some shows. That's a great fun man, isn't he? I mean, uh, he's just I, terrific. He's been in the band longer than he was. I know it's insane now, isn't it? Well, if this might sound mad, I've been in Ruts DC twice as long as the band originally existed from start to finish. That's amazing. Which is a really strange yeah. feeling. So just because I know we're, we're we're spinning on in time here, I just wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Sorry, you. I'm just warming up now. I wanted to touch on because we touched on it before we went on the air. Mm. Yeah. Is that what we call it? Yeah. Well, well you are from air. So yeah, I'm from air, yeah. right? But, oh, but, um, that's good. The, um, Their guitar gag. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Never heard that one? We, <laughs> we, we, we touched on the, the touring and the difficulties yeah. of touring. Oh, gosh. And you say, you know, I mentioned this on the last podcast, and this morning I get up again, and you've got Glenn Matlock on Sky News, talking about his new single which is called Head in a Stick yeah. but it's all the whole interview just hones in on the fact that bands are finding it so difficult to tour in Europe because of the costs yeah. and the announcement today from the American government that the cost of visas for touring musicians is going up 250% which is going to make it increasingly difficult for artists from the UK to tour in America so yeah. you know I mean if not impossible unfortunately for with, with yeah. Ruts DC how, how much of your international touring circuit how much of it is outside the UK well we, we we've been lucky enough to work quite a bit in in Europe but the case in point we did we did some shows uh, in Germany in in uh, October I think it was or November and it's and they're like they're in it, it, what they say there's the rub they were in Germany yeah. We couldn't just pop over a border and go to Holland. Or Switzerland, or Switzerland. Yeah. So we and, and I mean we're hoping, hoping to do a European to hopefully in November where we can do that. Yeah, there seems to be I won't I don't want to tempt fate by saying a relaxing of it all, but it seems to be getting a little bit easier. But then we were obliged yeah, we were basically they said, Look, we'll, we'll get you some German shows. Right. If okay. you want to play in France you'll have to get there in France. Mm. And if you want to play here you'll have to mm. do that, etc. 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 Um, obviously, of course, we had to get a carnet, which, yeah. for the yeah. benefit of our uh, younger viewers, yeah. is, it involves you listing everything that you take. This is going back to the stamping in, stamping out, of, stamping, which yeah. which was like something out of a, a, a kind of a weird film. You know, oh, I remember being a tour manager in the nineties and having to do the carnet. You know, and sitting outside Poland in the truck, you know, waiting to get it stamped yeah. in, stamped out. I mean, it was. This That's is. Grim. I mean, anyone who anyone who talks about Brexit as them being any kind of advance in anything is just sadly deluded. I just need their end testaments. Yeah, yeah, as they sound it's on just Nazi, You know, it's it's yeah. just not happening, and and it's such a shame. I mean, we we yeah, we were lucky enough to play a fair bit over there. Let's hope we do it again. Are there festivals in yeah. Europe like Rebellion, like sort of punk dedicated festivals? Um. Europe? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I mean, we we we've done a few bits like that. I mean, we we we. 
we're at the kind of we're not really the kind of punky enough in some mm. ways. A lot of them are, are, are much more kind yeah. of hardcore. So it's exploited UP yeah. stuff, GBH, all you that. Know? Yeah. All, 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 all well and good. Yeah, and, yeah. and great that they're doing that. But we're 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 a bit maybe Sid is a bit lightweight. I don't know. Well, you know, compared to Sandy, was that festival I was talking about in America, which has got. What, in Pasadena? In Pasadena, uh, Susie and the Banshees yeah. and Gary Newman. And that'd be ideal. See, we could do that. That'd be ideal for you. But well, not if you've got to pay 250% more for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. So well, how are they going to get these Well, this, is a, very, this is a very good question. We were booked to play um, punk rock bowling in 2020, right. and yeah. obviously that didn't take place. Yeah. Which is a real blow, because we were on with Madness and Stiff Little Fingers, which would have yeah, been right. that would have yeah. been. Yeah, yeah. But we, I mean, the plan was if we could do that show, we could then. You know, in quote marks, afford visas and do some other shows. And do some other shows around it. Because Punk Rock Bowling's in Vegas, isn't it? It is, yeah. Right. So you could have done, you could have maybe done LA. Absolutely, yeah. We could, we could get out and about. Yeah. And I mean, funny enough, we were talking to, I was talking to Liam, my man, about this not so long ago. And he said, well, when, whereas we could have funded it with Punk Rock Bowling, we're now going to need Punk Rock Bowling and I think he said Hellfest or one of them. Yeah, you know, there's right. like, it's two of them that we have to write off to yeah. get us out yeah. there. You know, so it's just. It's so sad. They're not making it any easier for the creative industries, this no, government. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, they're not. Well, they don't even know what the creative industries are, unless it's creative accounting. I, I, it's, yeah. I mean, I heard I, somebody said, I did say, I, don't, I try not to watch Nigel Farage interviews, but for whatever reason, I heard him on the radio and, and somebody said to him about the musicians thing, and his answer was, I don't like music. Right. Which, you so, know, if that isn't grounds for crucifixion, I don't know what yeah. it is, you know. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, uh, it's, uh, we, try, uh, we were saying at the beginning of this that we were going to try not to swear because of right, the... Right, you just when you've, Yeah, but, oh, you know, it's really... Sorry, sorry Lee, yeah, you yeah. just swore there. So for the benefits of our if you younger told, listeners, yeah. we do apologise for the use of the word the Farage. Yeah, 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 the F word. Yeah. yeah. So it's look, just, I, I mean, I, I was kind of hoping to just sort of... Because I am conscious of the, the time and keeping you sort of here. Oh, it's after, all relative. It is all relative, I suppose. But so what's happening with Ruts DC now? You're in the studio... Um, Yes, we've we, uh, we've just released an album called Counterculture, uh, which will be coming out on vinyl in April, and we'll have an official release then. Yeah. Uh, we're really pleased with it. It's uh, you know getting some good reviews, etc., etc. We're doing the second part of the Counterculture tour in May, where we where we play a little bit off the beaten track. Yeah. In the UK, we're playing right. instead of Glasgow and Edinburgh, we're doing Dunfermline, for example. PG Malloy's. Uh, yeah, we're doing. Yeah, yeah we're, in, um, we're in Huddersfield right. instead of Leeds. We're right. in yeah, Stockton nice. and, and yeah. things like that. Uh, we're doing Brighton as well on that because we couldn't get that in the last bit of the tour. In the meantime, um, we've started another electroacoustic album. So we did volume one, again, accidentally in lockdown because we had some studio time booked with Pat Collier. In, um, yeah. In Forest Hill, the great name. We had intended to start on the, what would have been counterculture then, yeah. but because we couldn't get together to rehearse and indeed write the songs for it, we decided to go in and do an acoustic album, which we've been doing a few acoustic shows. They've always gone down really well. We had an acoustic tour booked, but of course that went the same way as all the mm. other tours. Mm. So we did a, an album called Electra Acoustic, which Liam, our man, rather cheaply, cheekily put Volume One on the cover, which I didn't know that was going on there. So now it's time for Volume so it's Two. It's for Volume Two. And we've started another ten tracks in three days, right. uh, week before last. We've got some other ones from another session that we're going to look at doing, maybe an eleven to twelve track vinyl album, which we're hoping to have available at Rebellion, possibly not on vinyl, but hopefully on CD. But if we can finish it by the end of March, we've got a chance of getting mm. a few copies for Rebellion. So Electroacoustic 2, and I would hope there'd be an acoustic tour at some point. We certainly would like to do that, because that would be kind. And it would be a bit more of a kind of an evening with, 
Yeah, yeah. Two, two sets, bit of chat. And a bit of a Q&A. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, that absolutely. kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? yeah. well, that so good. that'd be good to do. And then hopefully we'll, we'll be doing a, an electric tour again in December. And how... Yeah, always the hardest part of being in a band is how are the fans who come and see you dealing with the new material? Because the, the, well, you played some new because songs. Because they, they, they always want it. They always just yeah. want to hear the hits. Yeah, and I mean, who doesn't? You know, yeah, we, yeah. we all go to see bands. Yeah. and think oh, that's all right. They'll be playing, you know, whatever song in a moment. You'll get staring at the rude boys. Yeah, the I, mean, I mean, Babylon's Burning was the yeah, yeah, in a rut and Babylon. Rude boys is big. Something that I said's a big fan. Yeah, yeah. Jar Wars a big fan favourite. I'm pleased to say some of the ones that we've written, Psychic Attack always goes yeah. down well. Kill the Pain is a yeah. good song. Right. I mean, yes, on the last on the tour we did before Christmas, we did a rather ambitious six songs off a new album. Right. But that was in an hour and twenty show. Yeah. So we figured we could just about mm. that. maybe you know, maybe some people would have preferred to hear some other material, but we thought no we've got we've got to do this. And are you involved in the songwriting? Yeah, we will. You're all songwriting. Sex is kind of the main writer. Right. He writes, he writes pretty much all the words. Um, and then we, some of them, myself and himself, get together with two acoustic guitars. We also jam in rehearsals, all three mm. of us. Dave comes in with ideas. So we all, there's there's a lot of ideas around and they all get kind of filtered out and thrown, thrown, so thrown at each So you're saying if you do Rebellion this in 2023, you're going to do the two sets, are you, as in the sort of main band and then the acoustic we do acoustic, acoustic show, yeah, yeah that one yeah yeah i think i believe we're playing the opera house right um, which is fabulous of course yeah i was I mean, we, the first time we played there, there's a fantastic clip of jimmy hendrix playing there one of my favorite mm. clips of hendrix doing purple haze uh doing all the tricks behind his head yeah. between his legs everything and i remember standing there trying to stand where he stood on the stage rather rather yeah. sadly i thought yeah. i thought yeah. so looked sad. out and saw this this yeah. is fantastic i didn't have the tartan trousers though which is no. a bit of a shame there's an awful lot of people in the audience at Rebellion with time. I was just going to say, but I was out. Yeah. I would have been did out. You had time so I had time shorts on. Did you? I uh-huh. did. Yeah, but they were a sort of darker, darker, more elder statesman. I had a time smoke on, I believe. Oh, you did. Do you know? Yeah. Can I just say, I was thinking on the way here. I wonder what they're going to ask. I never thought I'd hear you say, "Did you have tartan trousers on?" Yeah. And you say, "I had tartan shorts." shorts. Yeah. And then you, and you, you, bring, you bring a smock into. I, so I, I, you know, yeah. I had a pair of black jeans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I remember that guy we met in the pub really. on the Saturday <laughs> lunch team. I had a shirt as well. He said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, I've come to Rebellion. My mates drank me down from Dundee, but I forgot the uniform. Yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah, was the, well, he, he, yeah. he was there in a pair of jeans and like a polo shirt. Much better though. And he just felt yeah, so out of place. I bet great. You don't look out of place, mate. You look yeah. fine. Yeah. We're going to see the punk band, the narco-punk band Conflict after this. Oh, at the, the 100 Club. In London's Glittering West End. Yeah, yeah. 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 Go, I saw are. they were playing. Yeah, they're a right old row. You do I, know I, that. I love yeah, them. Yeah, I saw them years ago. Yeah. They are a right you know, cause yeah. they, and they were there last year. They're they're good. good. I like Colin. He's a good Colin, guy. Oh yeah, he really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and talk about commitment and yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, they're absolutely hundred percent, aren't they? Yeah, they really yeah. are. And but talking about going to see them, it'd be interesting to see what everyone turns up in. You know, because. <laughs> Are they all going to be wearing black, or, or will someone dare to wear a white t-shirt? That was traditional. I seem to remember yeah, back in the day. I think I saw them sometime. Oh, a pink t-shirt to go. Pink's yeah. good. That's my job. Yes, it's you know, it's not not. Yeah, it's making pink is the new black. You know. Pink yeah, it is, is the new black. Yeah, it is. Or so, so look, we, we, I, I've got a final question. Got a final question. Oh, right. yeah. And it's you know, when I was doing my research on you, Lee, there was the, the three of you. <laughs> I don't like the sound of this. <laughs> Three of your favourite films. Oh, crikey. Are also three of my favourite films. Oh, okay. 
Waste Speed to the World. Good choice. The Filth and the Fury. Good choice. Great. And Oil City Confidential. Yes, I'm a little one-dimensional with my favourites, aren't yeah. I? Yeah. All made by Julian Temple. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. What's the chances of a Oil City Com- Is Confidential the one about Wilco? That's Filbert's. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. one, as yeah. yeah. the Wilco one. Yeah, the yeah, Wilco yeah. one's... Uh, but what's, you know, there should be... There should be some sort of documentation on the ruts. Yeah, absolutely. From what happened. Absolutely. A band that promised so much. Well, they uh, were. I mean, and still, I mean, that, and have their time again. Yeah, yeah. do you understand? It's a good story. So I'm it? just throwing that in as a bit of a pitch. Well, if you, yeah, if, Julian Temple's listening to this podcast. Yeah, if Julian, of course. Yeah, of course, he's yeah, of course he is. If what just, else would he be doing? If Julian's yeah. around, probably at the conflict. He's probably at the conflict doing the film. <laughs> no, I just, you know, I think it would be a good idea. I couldn't agree more. You know, because that would be a, one of the one more. of those, you know, documentaries that I watched over lockdown. The one of the documentaries I watched over lockdown, which I really, was really impressed by, was being Johnny Moped on Amazon. Oh, yeah, you, yes. you must have seen fantastic. that. It's a fantastic. It's documentary. mad as hell, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. really is. I mean, it is. and you know, that's why you know, when I looked at the films you like, you know, it's something. If you're at film school and you're looking to do a documentary yeah. on a great punk band yeah. utilising footage from back in get the in day touch. right yeah. up to now, get in touch. Yeah, yeah. that would be brilliant. Yeah. I think yeah, I think the band would that, that would that would be a very interesting story because as you yeah. say, it kind of kind of finished, started, finished, all sorts of Exactly. Things, but there's, so much, there's so many films out there about that time though, where you see White Riot, the Rock Against the Racism film, yeah, which is a great film. Yeah. And, you know, there just there is a sort of general interest in it, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's our generation just. Um, yeah, I think so. Keep, you know, I, think I read books about it all the time. And I think it's also. I mean, there, there was some. There's a lot of, you know, good quality footage from that time. Yeah. It was definitely a time when people people got out and and, and did that. Uh, um, and and maybe you know, like you say, maybe people coming coming up through the ranks yeah. now and now you know running the show, and that's yeah. how those documentaries are getting made. Yeah, good point. Quite interesting, isn't it? If you're kind of fifty something now, you'd have been you know yeah. sixty something. You'd have been at maybe at film school or university. Or well, just, exactly. You or, know, or, or now producing films. You know? And if you if you're looking for an interesting topic, it was just something that I thought cool. I'd bring up as an yeah, interesting well, sounds, topic. Mm. Sounds good to me. I'm ready. I've had yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you so, go. Yeah. Who who would you have play you? I don't. I, I, I'd like to think I could play myself right. convincingly. Yeah. Okay, no, yeah. that's brilliant. While I'm available, I think yeah, I should play that's myself. It. Speak to your agent. Um, well, that was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it was brilliant. I'm just warming up now. We're part two. Our, uh, our mate James, who does all the press for Rebellion, we're talking to him because we're actually we're thinking of doing the podcast from Rebellion in, in, during the festival. Oh well, because we're, right, if you can't bring the mountain to Mohammed, then Mohammed's got to go to the mountain. All the bands will be there, so we'll oh, definitely get back in touch with you. If you lead the horse to water. Something like that. Somebody yeah. drinks it. Wasn't there something about a leopard not changing its spots yeah, 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 yeah. in mid-flight or something? All of that, all something of that like that, isn't it? But all the bands are going to be there, including you guys. I mean, we'd love to do some, maybe come and see, see cool, you guys yeah. and talk to you a little bit more. We'll talk to James about that. Yeah, yeah. He manages all of that stuff. So, oh, But it's pleasure, been an absolute yeah. pleasure having you oh, on. Oh, cool. No, thank absolutely. you so much. Fantastic. Are you uh, going to be playing us out tonight, Ewan? I am. Are you going to play the rest of 18 by Alice Cooper? No, I'm not. We always start with 18 because it's the song that John likes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah famously mine too. Yeah. Famously mine too. No, I'm going to finish with something else. Um, and uh, it goes back to that story of Malcolm sending in a rut and the signed letter. And actually, 
Contentious. Pete, who had the Defanzine with, favourite song by the Ruts, is in a rut. Mine is HIs. Nice. Wow. Okay. Concept art there, kids. <laughs> Thank you. And Stuart. Cheers. And we'll see you next week.